0: What's up everybody? Welcome to Draft Chaff. This is episode number eighty seven. My name is Zach, I'm one of your hosts, and joining me as per usual, Ben Fisher.
1: How's it going, dude? Oh uh, you know, let's see, uh Zero C seven D seven. Okay, alright. Now that might sound like the first section of an arena code, but I guess you'll just have to keep listening to find out if there's more. <laughs>
0: Alright, well, we're shaking things up a little bit. Uh, typically, at this point in the, the season of, of a new format, we would be putting out our first impressions episode. But we kind of felt that to play into our sort of theme with the show and, uh, and our brand, as it were, we're going to bump the live draft up. So we're doing the live draft now, after we've only had the format for a handful of days, to kind of see what a more reasonable intro-level experience to a new format might might look like. Uh, so we've both only done a handful of drafts. We really haven't gotten too much of this format drafted. So we're going to see how this goes. And you'll you'll hear our first real kind of impressions with cards and, you know, kind of our approach to the format before we've kind of figured stuff out. So hopefully this will be enjoyable. Let us know in the Discord if you are into having the live draft earlier in the season like this compared to maybe a little bit later. And we'll, we'll see where we can take it for the next set as well. If you're not in the Discord check that out that's the link to that's in the episode description as well as on our twitter page and it's a great place to be for all of the new sort of season stuff and new set stuff with trophy decks being posted left and right and what's the picks coming up and and people just talking about the games in neon dynasty that they're running into and different picks and all that kind of stuff so it's been a great environment so far this season definitely check it out if you're not already there link to that is in our episode description as well as on our twitter page And if you're interested in supporting the show directly, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash DraftChaffPod. Huge thanks to all of our patrons and shout out to Brian, our latest patron, who we'll get to a little bit more about in a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, Brian.
0: (laughs) Perks over there include things like stickers, show notes, unedited recordings of the show with some pre and post show banter from Ben and I, as well as our signed DraftChaff hero cards sent right to your door. And again, you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash draft chaff pod. We're going to skip the crack and draft type thing this week. We've got a whole draft to crack, so we'll just skip right along to our Teferi Tibbles. This is our Roses and Thorns style of segment where we share a high and a low from the past week. So Ben, how was your week?
1: Uh, it's been a week, you know. Uh, we just had the pre-release this weekend, so that was awesome. We obviously did that together, and I'm going to let you share a little more about it because it was just so much fun. My deck was was okay. I thought it was better than it was. I had a hit at Sugu that I kind of just built around. I finished 1-1-1, one, one, and one, which wasn't great. But then while opening prize packs, I was flipping through. And what do I find in the very back? But thanks to some booster fun, there's a Snapcaster Mage in one of my packs. And that just paid for my entry. So uh, any, any kind of salt that I still had from a, a, a mediocre deck and a mediocre record was just out the door because it was all free at that point.
0: Yeah, it's always great when that happens. And especially like Ben Ben opened that pack and we both looked at each other and we just went, the list! <laughs> you know, we were just like freaking out about Snapcaster being in the back of a random pack.
1: Yeah, I, I was so stunned. And honestly, if their goal is to make opening packs more fun and exciting, consider that goal met. <laughs> it was pretty dope. Also, uh, it's kind of concert season again. I've been seeing a lot of good uh concerts in the United States posting their, their upcoming lineups. I'm a big fan of festivals. And now that COVID is... I don't know. I, I want to say on the decline here, or partially on the decline or however much so. Uh, I'm really looking forward to going back and, and getting to see some live music again. Uh, I'm seeing Half Alive, a really cool band in, a, in about a month, and I can't wait. Look up Still feel by Half Alive. What a jam. Absolutely so good. My typical this week, uh, just l- lesson planning and school in general has just gotten tedious. You know, it's at that point of the year where nothing is really happening. There's no breaks but for the foreseeable future. There's kind of these two big months in uh in february and march where everything is just kind of kind of going through spring break is on the horizon eventually but uh january february march tends to be some of the rougher time to be a teacher so uh, i'm trying to keep the things interesting uh doing cool experiments and that kind of thing but uh, it's, it's it's rough out here teachers you know what i'm talking about anyway what's up with you
0: right so Kind of to go back to Brian, our latest patron. Ben and I, as as Ben mentioned, we did the pre release together this this time around, and we mentioned a couple of episodes ago. Typically, we prefer to do two headed giant, uh, two headed giant pre releases. That's kind of our bread and butter in terms of in person events, and we love doing those. But from a timing perspective, it just didn't work out this time around, so we had to do a normal single person. Pre-release, and we had a couple of cool things happen. First of which was that I got paired against an opponent. Round one, as you do, and we sit down, and I'm shuffling up, and we get ready to start. And my opponent says, "Where are those sleeves from?" And I was like, "Oh, that's my podcast, Draft Chaff." And they were like, "Wait, I listened to that show. What was your name again?" And I said, "You know, I gave him my name." And then we we kind of went back and forth, and it turns out he's been a long list, long time listener, and just happened to run into us, was actually listening to the format breakdown before coming to the pre-release. And I was, I was like reverse starstruck. I was flabbergasted that in, in New York city of all places that we could run into like, and it was only like an 18 person event or so there weren't that many people there. So Hmm. it was just, I was mind blown. And like we, we went talking back and forth. Like it was very obvious that, that this individual, uh, watched has been watching the show and like knows the show, so I was like, "Holy crap! This is a real listener who's like been around that, and like." What oh the man, heck?
1: that means so much to us. Like that is the coolest thing. I I want that to happen to every single. Like I want that to happen with us and every single person that's hearing us talk right now. Like if, if at least the ones that like us, I presume if you're still listening, you you at least don't hate us. <laughs> but everyone that would want to meet us, I would love to meet you all in person just randomly at a at a random tournament. That that was just such a cool experience. It really was. It was it was incredible. Uh,
0: words don't really do it justice, but thank you Brian for for watching the show and then later becoming a patron that was really awesome of you and and great getting to meet you and ultimately beating you in
1: pre-release <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh man what is happening here the shade we, we had this nice story and <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> no brian's deck was sick though he was splashing for um it was, it was like mostly black green if i recall correctly but he's splashing with like double network terminal for um kyodai the the double white dragon Oh, and okay. was cool. playing the um, the green one, green, 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 green card. Oh, the one
1: that makes four fives? Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was playing
0: that and splashing for Kyodai, which is a double-pipped white card. Like, And That's it worked. Awesome. Like, it just it, The deck actually worked. It was really cool.
1: Yeah, I, I've been liking the, the three-color jank in this format, uh, but I, I guess more on that once we get to our, our live draft itself.
0: Right, so quickly, my tibble is that I had a trouble with a door today, And what happened was I I shut my office door and I work from home. So my office is in my house, in my apartment and I shut the door and the doorknob has been kind of loose lately, but it hasn't really been a problem. And I shut it and then I immediately needed something for my office. So I turn around to open the door and I can't get it open. The doorknob turns, but it doesn't actually actuate this, the like stop pin thing that goes into the keeper in the wall. And Mm -hmm. so I just couldn't get my door open. So I had to call maintenance. They had to cut the doorknob off. (laughs) (laughs) And like this took almost all morning, like by basically by lunch, it was it was good to go. So kind of got a half day in at work today. And but like my clothes are in the closet in my office. So I couldn't change. (laughs) I couldn't like. Oh, man. And this happened last night. So I I just it was just kind of a mess of a morning. Uh, Luckily, I'm back able to record the show and I was able to get some work done. But doors, man.
1: What did you say to your boss?
0: Oh, I mean, I mean, Luckily, I'm off contract right now, so my hours are a little bit flexible. So I just messaged it, like in our group, like a uh, engineering Slack channel, and I was just like, "Hey, office door jammed. I'm I'm away <laughs> from keyboard for a bit, but I, I can answer questions or respond to people and still take meetings and stuff from my phone." But All
1: right. that, yeah, that's that pretty. Was, that's that pretty funny. All the modern technology in the world, and uh, stop by. We a have door. our resident tech expert bested by a, a, like I don't know how many hundreds of years old is a doorknob.
0: Dude, I don't even know. And that one was pretty old to begin with, like in terms of actual like manufacturing date, but I don't know when they were invented.
1: This door not probably was a few hundred years old.
0: All right, on to our listener question of the week. We've got two of them, uh, one that we're going to circle back to, but our first one here is from Dorian, and the question is, you meet someone for the first time, and they ask you what MTG
1: is. How do you describe it? Ooh, I, I like this one, Dorian. This is pretty good. Well, I... The one thing that I probably wouldn't start with is kind of saying, oh, it's a game about conniving wizards and planeswalkers and and sorcery. Because, you know, sometimes that can be a turnoff unless you know who exactly you're talking to, unless they're they're already like definitely into that. Uh, If I had to explain this to just like uh, a random person that was playing for the first time that I didn't think would usually stumble upon this kind of thing. Like I tried introducing magic to my brother once and I told him, well, it's like chess, but in 10 more dimensions. And really that's that's about as truthful as I can get. Uh, it, it, it adds more identity to it. It allows you to kind of show colors and show your personality through the decks you play uh, and the styles that you like and the types of decks and the formats that you enjoy. I mean, just look at the difference between something like Commander and Limited and Vintage and a pauper, like all these formats are so unique. It's hard to encapsulate all that in a sentence for a new player. So I, I, I you know, try to give a good analogy. Maybe something like it is a strategy game. It's, you know, has chess like aspects. It has maybe if they know Pokemon, it has Pokemon like aspects. Uh, but ultimately it is the best strategy game ever made in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think I'd probably take a relatively similar approach. Just basically it's a strategy card game that involves putting a deck together and Getting your opponent's score basically down to zero from a starting number of twenty, and that's that's kind of where I'd start. If that's if they were trying to get a description on what the game is, if they were trying to understand what is Magic the Gathering like conceptually, I guess I'd I'd talk about somehow like the multiverse kind of thing, and Mm. just like there are a number of planes, and and characters in the story can move. Some characters can move from plane to plane. They all have different identities. And each set of the cards is based on that plane's identity and kind of go that way. And maybe talk a little bit about, like, the way the mana system works, because then that helps you understand why you need lands and all that kind of stuff. But oddly enough, as long as I've been playing this game, this isn't really a question I've had to talk to tell too many people. Like, even with the podcast, like I'll, I'll mention I have a podcast, people are like, what's it about? And I'm like, Magic the Gathering. They're like, what's that? And I'm like, it's a strategy card game. And then they usually just drop it there. Like they don't want to hear anymore.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) 2E13A. Sorry, there was something in my throat there. Yeah, naturally. Yeah, no, uh, to be honest, you can kind of go based off of, I mean, I know this is a little bit off the question, but if you know something else about the person, if you have some bit of prior background about them, it can be cool to say, well, okay, you're a Yu-Gi-Oh player. Well, uh, this card lets you, it's a three mana, like draw five or effect, or like, look at this thing. It's a kill spell. This thing reanimates from your graveyard. A lot of these things are analogous from game to game, but if you're trying to introduce it to someone that might not be familiar with this kind of trading card space, show them the new Kamigawa Nia Dynasty animated trailer, which is absolutely awesome. (laughs) Like, it's so cool, so good. If you haven't watched it yet, look it up. Uh, You're going to love Kaito and the Wanderer even more after seeing that.
0: All right, and then our next question here is one that Rob Dies at the End asked a little while ago, and unfortunately, from a timing perspective, we weren't able to fit it in with the show topics at the time that it was asked. But the question is, if the new Odrick would have given you a blood token when other creatures with those abilities entered the battlefield, do you think it would have been playable in any of the major formats? I imagine it would still not be great in draft, but I could have seen some kind of uh, nifty
1: EDH deck where this could go out of control.
0: I don't even know if that's enough in my in my book to make that card good.
1: <laughs> yeah, because then at its base, it is still just that 3-mana three 3-3. Three, three, so in limited, unless you're building around it, I don't know, red and white, they have a lot of those abilities in there. They've got lifelink, they've got flying, they have haste. Red can have trample sometimes. White's got vigilance. Uh, I guess you've got most of the bases covered. You're not going to get death touch in there. It's a bit messy, right? I think it probably should have had a few abilities on itself and triggered off of itself. Like, maybe if it was a... Like, why not just make it a first strike haste and then have it make two blood when it enters? Or even just a haste and make it make one blood when it enters. Uh, I think something like that might have been better. I like this design, though, where uh, if another creature comes in with that ability, then it gets it. Odric has always kind of had this multi-ability thing. The last iteration of Odric had something similar, this uh, soul Flare effect where where, Mm -hmm. uh, it kind of cares about word soup, as they say sometimes, trying to get as many abilities as possible on a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I think Odric unfortunately, was just kind of, I don't know, left at the wayside. I don't know what happened with this poor guy. uh, Just a fan favorite character that they did something so cool with flavor wise, but then card wise, just nothing. <laughs> it just made it trash. So upsetting. Yeah. I can't keep thinking about this. I'm going to get triggered by, uh, by just thinking about this all over again.
0: All right, well then let's get into it. We've got a live draft to go through. So we're going to jump into that here. We are jumping into a premier draft. So not really have to con- uh, concern ourselves with sideboard options. Ben, what are you hoping to open?
1: Well, I've really been liking blue and black in this format. I think I've got some of my favorite commons and uncommons picked out. Just off the top of my head, uh, I don't know all their names yet, but the virus beetle, the 1-1 one one, uh, that, that makes you discard, or makes an opponent discard. The white version of that, the the, the pup, the 1-1 the one one, uh, that enters the battlefield and draws you a card. Notably, the black one is an artifact, and the white one is an enchantment. I've been thinking about ways to to make those into real cards, in this format, a 1-1 is real card, and the fact that those are an artifact and an enchantment make them very real, and I think that says a lot about this format. They also both combine super well with ninjutsu. Ninjutsu and ETV effects, so good. Uh, I have my my top few commons and uncommons kind of mentally picked out of my head. Kappa Tech Wrecker, the, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, it's up there with the best commons in the set. It, it feels kind of like a, a ravenous chupacabra. Oh, by the way, uh, 016B0 just wanted to mention that for no reason in particular. Anyway, the other top comment that I really like is Umazawa's Jite Saga, the black two-drop. Really impressive card.
0: I can't tell if I'm happy with you for for this or not, but I ask you what you want to open, and you mentioned two cards really like medium commons (laughs) no bombs no (laughs) just just give me a one one for two that makes my opponent discard a card
1: all right well we've got our first pack up here rare is march of otherworldly light solid it's a removal spell i can't complain right in the uncommon slot we've got goshen of shared purpose the white shrine we have touched the spirit realm that's the o-ring effect it can also flicker for its uh channel ability and then Tawashi Guidebot. i saw someone one of my opponents activate this for two and it was very good. <laughs> it was it was just about what you wanted. Poor mana two one, pay two tap, draw a card. Other notable cards I really like in this pack. Moon snare specialist. This is gonna be a top common. The three and a blue, two-two ninjutsu for two and a blue. It's a ninja. It's a mana war. It's a common mana war effect, right? It's gonna be good. Okiba Reckoner Raid. Probably the best common in the set. Just so, so good with ninjutsu. Flips into a two-two that is menace and it drains for the both chapters. Here, probably gonna be taking March of Otherworldly light. I don't think these are all I don't think we're at that point in the format where we're taking it over each other. In green, there's a master's rebuke. In red, there's a simian sling. But besides that, I'm just going to slam the march. And <laughs> Well, it looks like I can have two marches for the price of one. Uh, we got past March of Burgeoning Life. That's the green one. This one is kind of a failure and Limited. But I did just get past Life of Toshiro Umazawa, which I'm going to reserve as we take a look at the rest of the pack. That was the, uh, the Jite Saga that I was mentioning. What else is standing out to you?
0: Uh, the Mothrider Patrol seems good. I've seen that do work in some of the white-based uh, vehicle decks. Twisted Embrace is also in the pack, which is really solid and actually combines nicely with the uh, Herald, as we as I found out, or the Weaver of, of Horizons or whatever it's called. Weaver of Harmony, hmm. maybe, that I found at in pre-release, where you can actually copy the Twisted Embrace destroy target creature effect. That's awesome. With that, there's also a Commie of Industry in the pack, which looks pretty solid and seem, has been a pretty strong
1: contender. Kami of Industry plus Circuit Mender is all I want to do in this format. Circuit Mender, sack it, trade it off somehow, draw a card. Kami of Industry, it back, attack with it, sack it again, draw a card. Oh man, so good. I'm just going to take the life here.
0: Yeah, notably there are a couple of really solid black cards, so it seems like we're getting past black, and there wasn't really a whole lot of white in that pack. In this next pack we see in ok- Okiba Salvage, another Touch the Spirit Realm, there's a Kami's Flare in red, which I would take maybe as a signal this early. There is also the spirited companion, which you mentioned in sort of the the opener there, and an ancestral katana, which I found to be
1: decent in some of the warrior like samurai decks, but I don't know, what are you thinking here? I'm looking at the touch of the spirit realm, just Solid removal. I've actually found the flicker mode to be pretty useful. You can use it to save one of your creatures from a uh, from removal spell. It, now this does do the return at the battlefield at the end, beginning of the next end step, so it's kind of the flicker wisp version. Of this effect it doesn't return it right away, so you can't do you can't like flicker one of your creatures and then hope to have it back for like your next main phase or. If they try to kill it, you won't have it for combat. But uh, I like that we're seeing some good cards in white. A Dragonfly suit got passed as well. Some nice colorless stuff, Searchlight Companion. I'm going to take Touch the Spirit Realm to pair with the March of Otherworldly Light. Starting off in white with some strong removal is uh, pretty solid. Here we got past the Twin Shot Sniper, an Experimental Synthesizer in red. In blue, we got a Mobilizer Mech, and in green, a Roaring Earth. Hmm. It looks like black is getting a bit cut. We have some mediocre black cards left here in Reckoner Shakedown and Kaito's Pursuit. In white, we still have Regent's Authority, Moth Rider Patrol. Really like Geothermal Kami, but if I'm moving into green, I might want to try out the Roaring Earth. I haven't gotten the chance to play with this one yet.
0: Yeah, this is probably going to be a relatively pivotal pick. I mean, we just got it past the Kami's Flare, so I think I'd be, t- I'd be looking to take the Twin Shot Sniper and expecting more red to come our way this pack, and especially this direction again in pack three. Also gonna throw it out there plant my flag twin shot sniper might be the front runner for draft draft hero at this point i think that card is super solid just a four mana two three that shocks stuff when it etbs just seems solid and then you can obviously channel it for the shock there too seems really good um i think that's a solid pickup here and we aren't really seeing too much to pull us in any of the other picks in that pack now we got another Ooh. couple of good red cards here in pick five which is commie of industry as well as a scrapyard steel breaker both have seemed pretty yeah. solid. We don't have a whole lot of artifacts, but if we want to take the Steelbreaker here, we can definitely lean into that going forward. In blue, we see a Reality Heist, which
1: uh, actually I haven't gotten to play with it. Have you Have you gotten experience with a Reality Heist? I tried a deck with two of them, but I ended up cutting one because it was just too big and too slow. It's fine, but there's better card draw. I actually like Mnemonic Sphere more than this. It's a blue card. It would be the first one to take here. We actually have one in the pack. Uh, it's a pretty fun combo with Kami of Industry if you can get up to 7 lands. Kami of Industry back the Minot. You can cast Kami of Industry to get back the Mnemonic Sphere. I'm going to take the Kami here. I have really liked this one. Pairs well with a lot of the cheaper artifact creatures. We get past the Voltage Surge.
0: Yeah, red's flowing. So mm-hmm. I think we made we we maybe missed out on that commies flare. I doubt we'll see it get all the way back around the table, but uh, we we did pick up on this this notion that red is fairly open coming from our right, and I think uh, voltage surge seems like a solid pickup here. There's also a kindled fury in the pack, but beyond that, there's not a ton of red. And uh, we do have the fall of Lord Conda in white, um, with the, the one of the last uh, uncommons there.
1: Yeah, it's a bit more of a defensive white card. I do like it. I actually got to copy the uh, ability of the one three when it dies, draw a card with that rare you were talking about earlier. Let's take the Voltage Surge here. We got past another Reality Heist, Mukatai Ambisher, solid black card, another scrapyard Steelbreaker. I like this, it blocks really well. A 3-4 is just big in this format. With all the ninjas running around, there's a lot of 1-1s, 2-1s, 1-2s, that kind of thing. 3-4 for four is just a nice solid body. Uh, And that, that sacrifice ability is pretty relevant. Uh, plus, I love the red sacrifice stuff. There's a papercraft decoy, which I've liked, as well as another searchlight companion. Uncharted Haven and Blossoming Sands in this pack, but I think I want to spend this pick on the Scrapyard Steelbreaker.
0: Yeah, I think that's fine. I, I do like the Uncharted Haven, especially with all the three color nonsense that can go around, but um I think taking the Steelbreaker there is probably the correct choice. In the next pack, we see another Roaring Earth. Is this. We haven't uh, wheeled yet. So, yeah, this is another Roaring Earth. Uh, but there's also Ninja's Kunai in this pack, and I actually have liked Ninja's Kunai quite a bit. Most of the play patterns I've seen with it, uh, I've needed it to come down and do its thing right away, so it's it's been pretty equivalent to like three mana tap a creature, deal three to something. But, you know, you do have the flexibility to spread that out over multiple turns, and I think that's a solid pickup here. It's an artifact, which we look to care about at this point, and it's another removal spell.
1: Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is Kami of Industry. Here it looks like we get some uh, some late pickups, uh, Simeon, Sling, Unstoppable Ogre, Aki Ember Keeper. It looks like red is definitely open. No one wanted these cards, and evidently they're not great. I'm going to take the Simeon Sling just for mana value's sake here. We got an Imperial Subduer, but white wasn't flowing too much after the first few picks. Looks like we're solidly in red towards the end of this pack. Another Master's Rebuke in green. It's possible that green is open as well. Maybe yeah, we red-green is that. the seat that we're supposed to be in here.
0: Yeah, we did wheel that Master's Rebuke. I might have taken it there, but uh, Ben went for the Simeon Sling. And back in a pick 10, we've got that that first green march that came around. Uh, still not sure we want to take it. And then there's a story weave in green as well, but the rest of the colors are off-color for us at this point. Um, Awaken Awareness mm-hmm. and the, uh, the prototype, the one-mana blue artifact.
1: Yeah, there's a lucky offering, but playing best of one, I'm going to take the Moonsnare prototype. There's a chance we open like a Jenga Taxis or something and just have to slam it. Uh, well, our white cards wield. Roaring Earth came back. Man, I thought this card was decent. I guess, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a little slow. I-, I think we're pretty far away from this right now. We're not too close to the modified stuff. I'm going to take the Dragonfly suit that wield and, and see what's coming up next. <laughs> wow, another Roaring Earth. <laughs> I guess no one wants the Roaring Earth this time around. I- I'll take it. There's nothing else, just junk in this pack. And see where we go from there. Perhaps uh perhaps we do open up a green thing and hope and be glad we have it. No, actually, three cards left in this pack. Guardians of Boro, Aki Ember Keeper, and a Bloodfell Caves. I'm gonna slam the caves because if we do wind up in red and black, we definitely want to splash for that life of the Shiro. I've actually found it pretty worth splashing for. And we last pick a Blossoming Sands. Pack two, we open Kyrie the Swirling Sky. I think I have to take it here, right? Well, let's see what else is in the pack.
0: I mean, that is probably what we wanna do, but there's also Rabbit Battery, which can do some serious work in red-based decks. It's an artifact. It gives things haste. It can really push some damage early. Another Dragonfly Suit and the Song Shaper as well in red. There's also Seismic Wave, which is a solid uh, removal spell as well. I mean, Kyrie's just such a bomb. It's really hard not to take it here, but we're really far from playing Kyrie.
1: See, this is why we hedged and took that Moonsner prototype, because then that gets right back into our deck. We kind of settle into blue-red artifacts. And then we could be That's splashing true. white or splashing black for the life. We have some solid white removal. I think Kairi is just of such a high power level. This was why we kind of gravitated towards red in pack one. But also, we're not even, you know, super... Yeah, we really aren't deep. sold
0: on a second color. So, yeah, I think you're right, actually. Kyrie does seem to be the pick here.
1: Plus, just the sheer value of these. And uh looks like blue-red might be a lucky seed for us. We just got past Goro-Goro Disciple of Ryusei. This is a fun one. Also, a Flame Discharge, which... Solid. There's also a Kami of Industry in this pack. There's another Simeon Sling. There's a Windscard Crag. Iron Apprentice. Tawashi Guidebot. We're gonna wheel something good out of this pack. I'm just gonna slam Goro Goro though, because <laughs> this card is this card's cool. Yeah. And uh, well, the, the stuff continues to flow. Another Kami of Industry, an Asari Captain. Now, I don't think I want to go deep into the splash and try to get this five mana four-three with you know tribal upside. I think I'm probably more likely to take the, uh, the Befriending the defending the moths. Or perhaps the Kami of Industry.
0: Right, both have seemed solid. There's not really a whole lot else going for us here. There's a Thornwood Falls if we wanted to try to take another off-color duel, probably not. And then we have the the Aki Ronin as well if you wanted to try to do more of the samurai stuff. But even like we do have some white cards, but the white cards we have are not really samurai focused anyway. I think probably Mm -hmm. just uh, the Moths or the Kami is is where we want to be. Probably the Kami to keep to red and then see if we really can't get the the blue thing going. Well, (laughs) this pack doesn't want us to move into blue.
1: Yeah, um, we just got past the Ganjo Seat of the Empire. So uh, this is a land and it's a removal spell and it looks like we're going to be playing white anyway. This is kind of cool we can just if we don't have a white source we just play it as a land right if we do have a white source it's a removal spell i see no reason why not to take this here uh there's the white shrine in the pack as well walking skyscraper we're pretty far away from another dragonfly suit it'd be nice to wield a spirited companion Maybe this is a white-red deck, and that Kyrie was just kind of a fluke. If we can't pick up more blue, then that's just how it is.
0: All right, so our next pack here, we do see Air of Enlightenment. There is an Imperial Oath in white as well. And then we've got Mnemonic Sphere, Short Circuit, and Suit Up in blue. Uh, Kindled Fury in red. So not a whole lot here. There is a you Are, Re- you Are Already Dead. Man, I've already said that only once on this show, and I've already messed it up. I <laughs> hate the naming on that card, but... That's a solid black removal spell, not something we're really close to including. Maybe just the Mnemonic Sphere? I mean, we really are torn on the blue-white thing in which to stay on, but I don't think the other two white cards in this pack are actually like really pulling us in. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I'm kind of on the Mnemonic Sphere here. Era of Enlightenment is solid, but I think if we can play blue, Kyrie is just so good. I don't think we're super close to double-splashing or splashing a double-pip card like Kyrie. Maybe red white is the seat here. I mean, we did see that uncommon earlier, but I still kind of have this this life of Toshiro in my head. I don't know. Uh, I think we're we're I like where we're at. We're definitely playing red, and we have this kind of flex between white and blue, and with the potential splash for for black off the life uh, here in this pack. We've got not a lot for us. There's a Wanderer's intervention, which is going to be the pick here. Everything else: crackling emergence, shattered states, era, just some junk. Well, now here in uh, in Pack 2 Pick 7, we've got another Imperial Oath, a Seven Tail Mentor, a Peerless Samurai. In blue, we have Moonstair Prototype and Suit Up. I think we're just going to take a red card. I want to take the Peerless Samurai. Maybe cheapen the Kami of Industry, if we can make that happen. Yeah, it's a solid
0: card anyway. I mean, it just does its thing, and and you're pretty happy with it.
1: Oh, hello. Naomi Pillar of Order. That's a surprise we want to see this late. Now, artifact and enchantment check, we have have six artifacts, only two enchantments, so we're pretty far away from doing that, and one of ours is Life of Toshiro, so uh, that one, a little awkward. I think I like the Sunblade Samurai here. Perhaps we are going to wind up in white-red. I think we just really didn't see blue coming our way. We didn't see any good removal, we didn't see any solid creatures. Uh, The Sunblade Samurai is solid. Next year, we got a, another Befriending the Moths out hey, here weird. pack two, pick nine. Yeah, uh Guardians of a Boro, Kaito's Pursuit, Aki Ember Keeper. This is just a solid moths. It's just the best card in the pack by a bit. <laughs> wow, uh, uh, we're getting signals. There's a Windscarred Crag, the White Red Land. Iron Apprentice, another Kami of Industry. uh, Seven Tail Mentor. I think I want to take the White Red Lands here. It's going to make our, our life easier for, for our mana base. We get past a Secluded Courtyard.
0: Right at this point we're trying to stay open for the red white deck splashing black off the Bloodfell Caves perhaps and then maybe picking up any other any you know multicolored lands we can find like this secluded courtyard here as well
1: so, hear me out. Secluded Courtyard naming Dragon to cast I Kyrie. You. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll take another Dragonfly suit here. Seems pretty solid. We're kind of down to the dredges. I'll take a You're Already Dead, but we're pretty far from casting that effectively. A Gift of Wrath. I saw this do some real work for an opponent of mine. I, I, I'm i not sure. I'm not sold on it, though. Four mana Rs aren't really my thing. Uh well, we're not in blue, so we can't play our Pack 3 Rare Invoke the Winds. Uh, That's a few too many blue mana pips, but we do have a Blizzard, we do have a Blade Blizzard Kitsune here. Another Life of Toshiro Umazawa, which is an awesome card, Jukai Naturalist, but there's a Circuit Mender in this pack, dude. I love Circuit Mender, especially with Kami of Industry. Kami of Industry Circuit Mender, it's how you win games. I don't think I can pass this. Yeah, there's also a
0: Voltage Surge, which has me, like, caught my eye in red, but uh, yeah, the Circumender Commie Plan seems really solid. We're probably gonna wheel something we want out of this pack, so I'm not too worried about picking up the Circumender here. It is sad that the Invoke goes to the wayside, but into yeah, oh well. two we see a Tempered in Solitude, which has been okay from what I've seen. There's a poor one out for our boy Elmer with the Blossom <laughs> Prancer, and uh, I mean overall, this pack's not all that exciting to me.
1: Yeah, no, a bit of a whiff here. There's a Tamiyo's Completion. In white, there's an Imperial Oath. There is an Iron Hoof Boar. Uh, this might be the pickup here. There is another Combi of Industry, but now we're starting to get a few too many five drops. I think I might take the Boar here as a way to kind of go over the top. We're going to want some ways to modify creatures we should be on the lookout for for Goro Goro. You know what? Nah, we're early in the format. Let's try the Tempered in Solitude. I think this could be a, a potential solid card in our deck. Oh, uh, looks like white was the right call. We got past a hotshot mechanic and a selfless samurai. Big fan of selfless samurai. It's just a a solid attacker. And the ability to sack this to give any creature indestructible really just makes your opponent stumble on their efficient plays. And uh, it makes them have to kind of wonder, all right, well, do I kill this thing now? Is that going to be attacking with lifelink? Should I block and then bolt something else? They have to sack it. Uh, I'm just going to slam the Samurai here. Also in the pack, there's a uh, Golden Tail Disciple, Ancestral Katana. There's a grave lighter here, but we're pretty far away from that. In fact, we may or may not even splash the one Toshiro Muzawa that we have right now. We got past the Fall of Lord Kanda, but also a Flame Discharge and a Rabbit Battery. Ooh, uh, Experimental Synthesizer too. I think... I like the Rabbit Battery here. Yeah, we're between Rabbit Battery and Discharge.
0: Right, we're not on a super aggressive game plan, but Rabbit Battery does set quite a lot up it's another way to modify things for goro goro and i just have found that card to be exceptional
1: yeah i, I feel like we might need a removal spell here though right now we have the kunai we have the touch of spirit realm and we have the march
0: there's a voltage surge
1: as well I, voltage surge twin shot sniper okay okay i think i'm still going to take the flame discharge here i do love rabbit battery but i just i'm worried about being a little too low on removal here in the next pack we have a dragon spark reactor and a Kamano Phases Kakazan. Uh, another solid one mana uh, enchantment uh, that, that can flip over and, and just you know kind of start getting in there. We have eight artifacts for the Dragon Spark Reactor, but I've liked this one more when you have a repeatable way of getting stuff. Kami of Industry is, is a really cool combo with this, and I, I like where that would wind up. But I'm a little more interested in the Kumano Faces Kakazan. I don't know; it's tough call between these two. What do you think?
0: It's pretty close to me. I. I guess it really depends on where, where we're hoping to lean the deck in terms of aggression. I think the Dragon Spark Reactor is a good way to clear boards. It's a good way to potentially finish games. But uh, the Kakazan is
1: also a pretty aggressive card. I took the Kakazan here, and we just got past Scrap Welder. I'm just going to slam this into our deck. We have a few solid uh, artifacts. We have Dragonfly Suits. We have the Twinshot Sniper. We have the Scrapyard Steelbreaker. We have the Kamis. I think we're going to find ways to make good use of this over here. That's the, the rare that lets you sack an artifact with mana value X to get something back that's less. Uh, and another nice uh, nice little pass here, Noriko Yamazaki, the poet. So uh, we're up to six enchantments now. So she's the one that lets you uh, cast an enchantment from your graveyard if a samurai or warrior attacked alone this turn. So, man, I guess uh, red-white was where we are supposed to be. To be honest, I don't feel bad about passing that red-white uncommon earlier. Uh, it just, you know, is not the best card overall. Wow, a Goshen TIE of Ancient Wars. Three mana, two, two, first strike. Going to start pinging our opponents. Yeah, it does make is, me uh, kind of wish one. we
0: picked up the other two white Goshen TIEs that we saw, but definitely they. I don't think they were the correct yeah. picks at the time. Pick up another pack Voltage three, Surge three, nine,
1: Voltage Surge. Nice. Also in the pack, there's a Pure the Samurai and Simeon Sling, but we won't see these anymore. Voltage Surge, just a clean pickup here. I'd like to pick up some more Junk Artifacts. things to Sack, <laughs> Although... <wait. laughs> We did get delivered another Kami of Industry pretty late here. I don't know. Maybe we'll play that over the Sunblade Samurai. The, the Kyrie is looking a little bit unrealistic now. Nothing bit. else really of interest in this pack.
0: Yeah. Picking up the third Kami here is fine. Whether we played or not, any of those cards are pretty cuttable.
1: We do have a hotshot mechanic, uh, which could be pretty good with our Dragonfly suits. It can, but like
0: Dragonfly suit is a crew one. So you don't really need it. Need the hotshot. Oh, it is just crew one, isn't it?
1: So mm-hmm. I, I yeah, feel like right. it's
0: probably going to not be something we end up playing, but. It's
1: fine to pick it up. I've got the Fall of Lord Conda here. It's a removal spell, but it is not aggressive in this deck. It looks like it wants to kill our opponent. Weird thing is, it, <laughs> this is an aggressive deck, but it just doesn't look like one. <laughs> There's a Thundersteel Colossus. I mean, how, how big are we going here? Yeah, that probably doesn't make it, but like we have way too many
0: playables at this point. So it probably doesn't make the cut, but fun to st- speculate on. And we pick up an Aki Ember Keeper. Uh, We're not playing the Kyrie. There's the Swiftwater. I'm going to take the the Swiftwater and flip
1: over it. I don't know. Blue Red Land. Maybe there's something we can splash for blue. (laughs) What happened here? Why am I the one trying to get us to splash for a blue mythic dragon?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't really know what's going on with that. All right, so into deck building okay. here. Yeah, I think I think we probably all cut right. the cut the Kyrie, cut the mnemonic sphere, just get rid of all the blue. Probably yeah, cut agreed. the black to start. I don't even think the splash for the life of Toshiro is worth it necessarily until we see just where the rest of the deck ends up.
1: Yeah, it looks like we might have better stuff to do in the meantime. A little bit heavy on the three drop slot. We weren't able to pick up any of the uh, the two drops we would have liked to see. Well, we we have things that are going to be happening on turn two. For example, Kamana faces Kakazan, Simeon, Sling, Hotshot Mechanic. We have March and Flame Discharge. Do you want to keep uh, the Hotshot Mechanic in? I think I do. I think I want to have that early aggressive plan. And then once it it kind of switches over, yeah, sure, it can crew. It is also an artifact, which, you know, find the trade-off. Could potentially get it back with something like Kami of Industry to swing in for a bit. Two power is not that much of a joke in this format. A lot of the sagas that flip, flip into X2s. True. So this thing can kind of bash through those. I'm interested in trying out the dragonfly suits. I'm worried about having two of them on the battlefield or two of them in my opening hand at once. Maybe this is like a one dragonfly suit deck and I could uh, always adjust that as needed.
0: What's our creature count at the moment?
1: 15? It's 15 creatures and 12 non-creatures, but that's a little bit illusory. Yeah, we have For example, Defending b- the Moths. Oh, true. And some of the sagas. Kakazan also flips. I'm going to cut the Fall of Lord Kanda this is situational, and yeah, it, it's it's good when you're playing in this kind of mirror that's that's long and grindy, but a 1-3 that has, has Defender that dies into a card, I just don't think that's what we want right now.
0: Yeah, doesn't seem like it fits.
1: We have a Wanderer's Intervention as removal. That might just be a weaker card in this deck. I mean, we have really solid removal in Voltage Surges and, and some of these other things. We have some pretty solid creatures on turn three. Narika Yamazaki, the Goshen of Ancient Wars that we picked up later. Uh, I think I do want to have the ability to have creatures in the early game and then use them to attack down and then later crew stuff like the Dragonfly suit.
0: Yeah, it seems like a solid plan. I think a
1: pretty solid deck. Let's cut one of the Kami's of Industry. I think, uh, That's I, I think three Kami of Industry might be a little much. Or we could play that over the Sunblade Samurai. I don't know. What do you think? I think having
0: the Sunblade Samurai's fine for those that don't recall it's a five mana four four vigilance that channels for two colorless or two generic and lets you uh, plane cycle basically but that seems fine and there are going to be some games where you need an extra land and and the samurai is going to do it for you and then if you happen to draw your lands Having that as a five drop is solid. I actually kind of like having that at our top end here. We're still looking for two cuts. Mm,
1: maybe it it's is just tight. a dragonfly suit. Maybe it's better to just attack with these creatures. But crew one, three, two flying is such a real deal. And then yeah. you can use something like the simian sling to crew it. I guess most of our other creatures, though, are pretty solid. A little bigger than that. Maybe the dragonfly suit is the cut. I think to make best use of this, you do kind of want those, those one ones, which I guess we just don't really have.
0: Yeah, we had the option to pick up a couple of those pups, which would have done beautifully with the dragonfly Mm. suit, but yeah, maybe that is the cut here. We do have an imperial moth as our other potential flyer. I just think like flying in this format has seemed pretty important. I haven't seen too many ways for people to deal with flyers overall outside of Mm. removal, and I kind of like having access to them, but it might just be the weakest card here.
1: Yeah, I think we're down to the power level cuts. I think everything we have here is kind of aligned along the right vector. I think the Dragonfly suit seems just like a pretty safe cut. Sure, I'm sure it's good, and we'd probably be pretty happy with it in the deck, but I think it's just kind of like our 25th card that we have right now. And now we're on to figuring out our 24th. Now, we are missing a little bit of inherent card advantage. Uh, the Circuit is really good for that. Uh, I think being able to draw a card off that will be important.
0: Well, the Kamis hmm. will do that, then uh, Noriko will help a little bit.
1: Mm, yeah yeah that's true uh, hopefully we can use Norika to, to kind of get through and, and get some of our, our 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 sagas back from the graveyard then we did cut one we still do have six enchantments in the deck getting back mm. something like uh discarding something like the touch the spirit realm and then getting it back with norica seems pretty cool
0: yeah it also gets back the uh sun the the five drop if we want to channel that for a land early and then and then get it back oh with wow norica, yeah. so That'll be very cool.
1: I'm looking at this Wanderer's intervention with some suspicion here. Being able to deal four to an attacking or blocking creature is good, but historically these types of removal spells uh, just—they tend to not be the best, right?
0: Yeah, and we have a a lot of other solid removal. I, I don't think we're hurting for removal at this point, so it's probably the next cut.
1: Yeah, it's not like we're using it on turn two very often anyway, which is really the only reason why we'd want it because it you know turns three four and five we have much bigger and more powerful things to be doing
0: yeah that's one of those awkward sorts of cards that like if you're not playing it on curve it just never gets played because it's too awkward to use you know two mana on turn three when you could just play a three drop that affects the board or like on four you don't have another two drop to play with it and then you're you're missing out on playing your four drop it's just it never really slots in until like way later in the game and then by then it's useless or like the damage from your opponent has already been done too many times.
1: Yeah, the only thing I have left to say about this deck is uh DF516.
0: Cool. Well, I think I'm pretty happy with this one. It it's doesn't seem like an all-star. Like I'd probably give it maybe a 5 or 6 out of 10 mm-hmm. and I'm expecting this to get five wins. I don't think it's going to (laughs) trophy.
1: Well, you think very highly of me, but uh, I think I'll see how I do with this one. Yeah, uh, this has some power in it, right? It has the Noriki Yamazaki. It has the Aganjo Seed of the Empire. Uh, Goro Goro. We have a few ways to modify. Not a ton, admittedly, but a few. And I think overall, yeah, I'd probably put this at like a six or a six, uh, five. Yeah, no, it's a six.
0: Cool. Well, that does it for us this week. We've just got the one draft for you. Let us know again if you enjoy seeing these kind of with us, you know, kind of fiddling through our picks a little bit more than than other versions of this episode style. We typically do this later in the format, so we kind of know it a little bit better. But I thought this was pretty fun. It was good for me. I haven't really done too many drafts here, so it's kind of good to work this out with Ben early on before a lot of opinions or thoughts are formed on the format. So let us know if you like this. If you're not already... Already in the Discord, check that out. Definitely a great place to be, and we'd love to have you there. The link to that is in our episode description as well as on our Twitter page. And if you want to support the show directly, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash pod. Huge, huge, huge thanks to all of our supporters on Patreon. We really couldn't keep doing this without you guys. So thank you so much for all of your support. And if you want to find us on social media, you can do so on Twitter. You'll find me at Zach E Hackett. Ben is at betafish one. And then the show directly is at draftchaffpod. Thanks folks, enjoy Neo and we'll see you next week.
1: See you later. One more good reason to be in the Discord is that uh, you know, we'll, we'll post all the links to this and, and the 17 lands draft log and all that good stuff. We'll post some pictures of the final deck list where it'll inevitably wind up in the trophy section, I'm sure. Uh, probably. Maybe. We'll see. Uh I don't know. One thing I wanted to share before we go was uh 3539B, it's just really been on my heart lately, 3539B, Uh, again, 3539B, so uh, yeah. (laughs) That was poetic.